If you want to become financially independent, come to my seminar. Let me show you how to make the fortune you have always dreamed about. Ready? Go! What happens if you are named in Nelson Rockefeller's will? You get rich quick. Stand on the line, play the game again. Everybody's gonna lose and I'm gonna win. Gonna get rich quick. This is my lucky day. It is another deep, deep, deep day of spring here in New York City. And what does spring mean, Noel? means time to get rich quick. That's right. Rebirth, prosperity. That's right. Bring on the prosperity. And I got to say, if that's what you're all about, then you're listening to the right show. That's right. Get rich quick with Josh. And Noel. <laughs> 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 on Radio Free Brooklyn. That's right. Um, how are you doing today, Noel? I am doing good. That's good. Yeah. Any, anything new and different with you? Um. Well, uh, you know, I, I saw something funny on the way over here. Uh-huh. Um. Not hilarious, but, <laughs> but I guess that's part of the course, let's not, right? Let's not, let's not build it up too yeah. much. Uh, so uh, I, I work in Midtown, mm-hmm. and I walked here because it was beautiful out. And <laughs> on the sidewalk right up by my work was a hot dog cart, right? A dirty water dog cart. Uh-huh. And because it's not in a park, it's on a sidewalk, it was pushed up right up against the the curb basically right uh-huh. and so he's standing on the inside of of it on the sidewalk side and he's got his you know his all his hot dog implements there uh-huh and there was uh I, I i guess they must be german i'm thinking german okay but all these like 15 20 kids right uh-huh and they Obviously, all wanted to get a New York dirty water dog. Uh, <laughs> and so they were like lined up for this hot dog place. Uh huh. But they obviously also thought that you needed to order through the window because they were, there was about six inches of curb between the street <laughs> of Midtown traffic and this hot dog cart. And they were getting in there and like standing as as they could so they could order into the window as as opposed to being on the sidewalk side with him and ordering just directly to his face. That's completely nuts. I know. <laughs> it was great. But they could have been killed. They could have been killed. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and they just didn't care. They thought that was the experience, I think. Did they enjoy their hot dogs? I didn't stick around long enough to I would tell. Have, I would have waited to watch them all eating their hot dogs. And then, and then cry. Yeah. This is no good Frankfurter. <laughs> <laughs> you call this a Frankfurter? Yeah, no, this is all. Um, but, you know, yeah, they could have been killed, they which could. is uh, an interesting segue into our topic today, Noel. Which is death. That's right. Death. The Great Equalizer, isn't it? <laughs> the Great Equalizer. <laughs> That's right. Not if we have anything to do with it. It's going to be the great stepping stone. That's right. To your riches. To, to you, your riches. All of you out there. Yep. You, Noel, me, we make our money by getting 10% from all the money that they make. That's right. We just sit here. We pitch ideas of brilliance. <laughs> Uh, for you to get rich on a round of topic, and you enact those ideas and give us 10%. That's the deal. You don't like it, turn it off now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't do that. Okay. Just leave it on, 
And, you know, background. Turn it down now. Turn it but down. But leave it on. That's right. Always keep listening. Because <laughs> eventually you'll come around. And that's right. Us- something, will, something will pique your interest and you'll be like, oh, that's right. That's right. Um, so, you know, as we do with this show, we pitch ideas to each other. Yes. Um, and we see if they, they will stick on the wall. That's right. Or they'll just flop down like one of those sticky octopuses. Yeah. Um. Not quite cooked spaghetti. (laughs) That's right. Well, that just sort of falls off. Yeah. Hits and bloop, bloop. So what do you got for me today? Oh, we're going right in there. Why not? I got nothing else to say. Okay. I got Unless you you want to go somewhere. I I have so packed with money magic here today. Wow. You are just going to, you're going to financially shoot your wad in your pants. <laughs> You've made that promise yeah. to me your before. Fi- just my your friend. financial wad, your, your wad yeah. of cash. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so right into a death. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so there's a, a few ideas I was mulling over, mm-hmm. uh, which came together for my first major money scheme dealing with death. Uh, so first of all, apparently it used to be very hard to tell when someone was actually dead right and there was a lot of uh confusion and a lot of people were very scared of being buried alive uh-huh uh, rightly so because i would stink <laughs> um so uh when there were all sorts of schemes that people had for for telling if someone was actually dead for instance physician antoine Luis invented a system of tobacco smoke enemas to test whether people were actually dead. So he would blow smoke up someone's asshole. Yeah, literally. And if, and if the smoke would come out, then I they don't weren't know. dead. I don't know what he did. Maybe <laughs> he just like liked smoking like that. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, then uh, eventually, a man named Professor Mani offered 1,500 gold francs uh, to the French Academy of Sciences in 1848. And it was going to be awarded to the scientists who worked out an easy, reliable way to tell if someone was dead. Mm -hmm. Uh, And some of the ideas that didn't win were uh, sticking a thermometer into the stomach of a patient to see if it was cool enough to be dead. Uh, (laughs) Just jamming it in there. (laughs) I think so. I don't know. Or maybe maybe down his throat. I'm not sure. Uh, But that one, they decided no. Uh Uh, Another one was attaching... Pincers to the nipples. Uh, scalding a patient with boiling water to see if the blisters appeared. Oh, okay. Because uh, po- obviously if you're not, if you're freshly dead, blisters don't appear? Yeah, I guess, yeah. Okay. Um, putting leeches on the corpse's butt. That makes no sense. I guess no a sense. leech won't eat a dead snack. But if there's still blood in it. Yeah, I think they want it pumping and warm. Okay. Um, and then another one was... Sticking a long needle with a flag at one end into the heart of the patient, <laughs> and if the heart was still beating at all, the flag would wave merrily. <laughs> <laughs> all of these, I feel like I would just want to go with the leeches because yeah. if you are alive and you're just in a deep sleep or something like that, that's going to be the one that you're going to be. It's probably going to be easiest to recover from. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the tobacco smoke up your butt probably wouldn't hurt too much. Well, but that wasn't part of this. Uh, that wasn't part of this fifteen hundred no, franc no, contest. No, this wasn't. So, uh, eventually, after years of this contest being 
enacted. Uh huh. A winner was finally announced. It was Eugene Bouchette, uh, and he came up with the idea of using a stethoscope, which was a medical implement at that time, but only used like listen to how people were breathing or something. Uh huh. And uh, to see if there was a heartbeat, and if there was no heartbeat for two minutes, you could say that guy's dead. I mean, that seems relatively reasonable. It does, but even yet, it took 35 more years for it to be commonly accepted practice amongst the medical professionals. Oh, boy. Doctors, Uh, huh? And before that, uh, they had something that they called a Vitae Dubé Asylum, or in English, that would be a hospital for doubtful life. Oh. And they would take you and put you in... This hospital for doubt, like a morgue, basically, mm-hmm. but it would be not cold; it would be warm, mm-hmm. and they would keep you there until you began to decompose, and that was a sure sign that you were dead to them. Wow! So, uh, in Munich, they had one called the Leichenhaus, uh, and they had a section for common corpses, and another luxury section, which cost five times as much for richer people. And uh-huh. you know, so you wouldn't have to mix with the commons. Uh-huh. And even then, though, even though you're essentially not mixing with them at all. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're 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 thought to possibly be dead. Yes, <laughs> uh, but uh, they also made a few bucks extra uh-huh. by charging money to people so they could stroll through the mortuary, see the dead bodies, see the flowers, uh, and they had strings from the fingers and toes of the corpses. There were Connected to a giant harmonium with uh-huh. air-pressured bellows. Uh-huh. But as the body swelled from decomp- decomposition, it would make these go off all the time. <laughs> uh, so I thought, great, you know, they're already, they're, they're charging extra for the premium seats, you know, the box seats. Uh-huh. Uh, the, good idea. And then I read something else, and I combined these two together. So in Madagascar, they have an ind- indigenous population called the Malagasy. And they have a ceremony that they call Fama Dehana. <laughs> and what it is, is uh, every <laughs> once in a while, I guess, a member of their family has a dream where a dead relative of theirs complains to them that it's just cold in their tomb. And mm-hmm. when a family member has this dream, you have to go and you dig up the, the corpse of your deceased relative and you dress him in brand new clothes and silk scarves, and you dance around to live jazz, and you introduce all the new me- members of the family to them, uh-huh. and you tell them everything new that's gone on in the village and in the world, and then uh, you, you spray them with perfume, and you sometimes even bathe them in sparkling wine. Ew. And then after a few days of this, you, you bury him again, right? Uh-huh. Great, fantastic. So I, I okay. decided to combine the two ideas and make luxury retreats for the dead. Uh, and it'd be kind of like a fancy funeral home, but uh, but fun. You know, uh-huh. there'd be a, a water slide uh, <laughs> and just luxurious, luxurious, uh-huh. luxurious. And, you know, you know how much money funerals make. Oh, tons yeah. nowadays. So now you can do that every few years by digging up your dead family members. Mm-hmm. Bring them down to Cancun, and uh, <laughs> you're actually bringing them there. 
You're 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 not burying them in the fun factory. No, no, no. You got to dig them up. You got right, is... I, I get you got to dig them up to play with them. Yeah. Right. But you're going to actually tran- then transport them to the 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 uh, the the fun park for the dead. I thought maybe they'd be buried in the fun park. So you would come, maybe pay a uh, a fee. Yeah. To dig up your family member. And then do the fun park with them. No, but no. I was thinking. But you know, I I did actually consider this: is that there may be laws about transporting bodies, so you do it within the state. Uh huh. You know? So right. here, I guess we up in the Poconos, <laughs> we could uh, buy back some of those old uh, Yiddish hotels. With yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Poconos is out of state. Yeah. Well, in state. It, but the Poconos are out of state. The Poconos are not in New York. Poconos, New York. You're thinking Catskills. That's in New York. what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so uh, you know, find out a way to just keep charging these dead people. I, I think that's a good idea. Well, I mean, on that level, you can <clears throat> create your own uh, uh, transport system. Yeah. As well, because I can't imagine even just sort of taking them on a regular bus if. To one of these places is gonna fly. Well, you get like well. a party bus. Yeah, slash you, you have right. You have your own party. But why not? You know, I imagine if you have a a a, a plane full of people who are all doing the same thing, mm-hmm. transferring their dead family members to the funeral fun factory or whatever you want to call it. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, if you had your own airline specifically designed for this. You may be able to bypass a lot of these laws. Yeah, you might. Yeah. Good thinking. So, so you know. Just... Some more money out there. Uh-huh. So you guys do it. <clears throat> do on. it. Do it. Wow. That one is, you You swung for the fences right off the bat. Right off huh? the bat, dude. That... Wait till you see my second hit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. I, I stayed a little more contemporary. Oh, and, right. and, you know, I thought, well, how do people make money off of death right off the bat? Uh, inheritance. Yes. Yeah. Right? No, I was like. So. Yeah, and you know, but it's hard to, uh, you know, you, you, some people it's a one shot kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? You know, your mom and your dad, your parents, or your grandparents, or you know, uh, maybe if you're unfortunate enough to have a uh, a spouse pass away before you, you know, then you have that. And then I thought, well, there's the tried and true sort of classic gigolo meth- method mm-hmm. of finding a senior, marrying them. And uh, uh, then getting their inheritance, right? Yep. If you're a young, good-looking man or a young, attractive woman, mm-hmm. youngish, attractive woman, vibrant and viral, virile, mm-hmm. um, you know, this is something you could do. And I thought, well, how do people meet seniors these days? Because a lot of times it's it's very difficult. You yeah. know, they're 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 ensconced in their little worlds of uh, assisted living. Um, usually in, you know, and in New York, at least there's sort of like hotels, but, and they go out on the regular streets, but you know, you go somewhere like Florida, they have everything on their assisted living facility. It's like a a camp for old people Mm -hmm. and they can at times not leave for weeks, months at a time. So how are you going to go and find and meet these people? I thought, well, you know, there are dating sites for young folks. Sure. Maybe there's dating sites for old folks. Sure. And sure enough. There are dating sites for seniors like nobody's business. Oh, I'm, yeah. So I went on one, uh, seniorsmeetseniors.org, and I set up a, 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 a an account so I could go in and peruse. Okay. And uh, it's only for people f- 
over 50 years old. Oh, boy. And to me, I don't consider 50 seniors as I'm closing in on that age. <laughs> but I thought, okay, let me see what happens. Let's see what's out there in the senior world. And uh, the nice thing I will say about, I assume all of them, again, I only looked at seniors meet seniors. They're non-discriminatory. You can choose whatever uh, race you prefer, mm -hmm. whatever uh, sexual orientation you're looking for. You can man for man, woman for woman, man for woman, woman for man. Sure. Not much in the world of trans uh, in the senior things, but I'm sure if you really want to look, you can find it. Uh, and I just put in, I was looking for, uh, I did both women and men, Yeah, uh, age 80 to 99. <laughs> okay. And you would be surprised yeah. how many people age 80 to 99. The oldest I saw was 93, and that was actually a fella. I was assuming there would be a lot more women than men at that at those ages, because you know we always hear about how women outlive men and 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 mm -hmm. men just don't live long. Well, there were equal amounts of tons of them. Wow! And all looking for companionship, all looking for friendship, um, and uh, looking for that special somebody. And I just immediately went bingo. So then I was like, okay, <laughs> if you're going to do this, I'm not suggesting that you go into this. And uh, as some kind of creepy uh, grifter. Sure. That's not what we're talking about no. here. You're going into this uh, to a certain degree. There has to be a certain level of honesty. And I said, well, okay. Clearly, if you're someone in your 20s or 30s and you've been dating in your age group, it's a completely different system than what people in their 80s or 90s are used to. Right. Yeah, there's yeah. no Tinder. There's no, you know, hey, let's Netflix and chill. Yeah. None of that business. Magic's so, magic, though. <laughs> that's true. Magic is magic. So <clears throat> I thought it would be a good idea just to throw out some tips on uh, <laughs> what seniors are looking for in the dating world. So I said, well, I wouldn't know mm -hmm. as I am not a senior yet. Um, but closing in. I'm closing in, apparently, yeah. based on the senior sites. But again, I don't believe that. Um, and I found uh, on Stitch.com uh, rules, some rules for dating seniors. And I went through the ones that seemed to, because uh, some of it was sort of like senior to senior. Mm -hmm. But these were sort of like broader things. So number one, really important thing, looks don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, seniors don't really at that point they're not into looks as much. I mean, you have to be put together. Yeah, you have to look like you take care of yourself. But if you're someone who is uh, not classically attractive in any way, shape, or form, may even have trouble dating within your age group because uh -huh. you're not hot enough. But you know, you dress well, you keep yourself clean, keep yourself coiffed. That's going to go a long way in the senior dating search. Sure. Um, number two. It's not drinks, it's dinner. Apparently, more than any other activity, dinner is when seniors feel being alone mm -hmm. most strongly. So the idea of taking an 80-year-old out for a couple cocktails, that doesn't appeal to them. What they want to do is go out to dinner. That is always the big first step. Yeah, That's your first date all the time with a, a, a person of age is a nice dinner where you can talk and chat, hold hands maybe even. Flirting is very popular amongst the seniors. Yeah. In some cases, that's all they got left. <laughs> <laughs> 
everyone likes to be made to feel good about themselves. Of course. Made to be feel desired. Yeah. And it can you don't even have to be a good flirt. All you have to do is compliment, and that is all they need. Um <clears throat> trust is hyper important. Uh-huh. Because, you know, hey, seniors have heard about these shysters who come in and are trying to get something out of them. Come at them straight up, I think, is the way to go. You find them attractive. You want to be their companion. You're not sure where this will lead, but you'd like to let time tell. Yeah. Your favorite movie is Harold uh-huh. Amad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and finally, companionship is more important than sex, but sex is still important. All right, okay. And many of these seniors are looking primarily for companionship um, for specific things. Like they will have different companions for different uh, things. So if you're someone, you don't necessarily have to be a have a broad love of many different things. You can have one or two things that fits a lot of older women and, uh, you know, do that with them. Yeah. They don't mind people bopping around. They're not necessarily expecting someone to be with them forever. A lot of them are very wary of older men who are just looking for someone to take care of them in their final years. Mm-hmm. A lot of the women are are, are concerned about that. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's some tips. And then as you get to know them, as you become friendly with them, as you get close with them, you become very special to them. And whether that's in, in a sexual relationship, whether they look at you as a, uh, a family member, mm-hmm. but just someone who cares about them, then there's always a little appreciation at the end of that's that right. rainbow. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I would say, uh, uh, I don't want to call it gigolo yourself or prostitute yourself. I get you. But, you know. Be a man of company. <laughs> That's right, a leisurely man of company, yeah. or woman of company. Or, or, yes. It goes both ways. Um, so that's what I got for you. Now. Yeah, I like it. And and I would like to reiterate that you don't need to go into this cynically. <clears throat> if this isn't your cup of tea, don't do it. There, we probably got a lot of listeners out there that mm-hmm. are just into old folks. That's right. There's a certain subset that are. <laughs> yeah. Right? Grandma. We, you know, we we had that, uh, uh, we talked about that in our porn episode. Yes. Gilf. Uh, and and it's one of it's like in the top five most searched for, uh, porn subsets. Yeah, uh, grandma porn yeah. or so senior that, porn. If that's you out there, mm-hmm. that is the tip for you. That's right. So Noel, yes, I have a a, a little surprise for you. Okay, not a full surprise. I told you I was going to come up me. with something. Yeah, but this is new to you. Okay, um, I've come up with a new segment that uh, you will hear for the first time today. All right. Um, uh, and you can decide. I will leave it up to you to decide whether you want to continue it as an, as an additional segment, however we work it out. Okay, and but you, today, good idea just to break up the morbidity. That's right. <laughs> of this topic. <laughs> so today's topic, we have uh, uh, tapped into the world of the Illuminati. Yeah. On many occasions, many. and and we've often tapped into how do you join, who's a member of it. Sure, it's a secret society, but yeah. how secret is it really? Yeah, you know. And I decided that maybe it would be time to figure out what the Illuminati is all about. So I came up with this new segment. Sorry, I came up. This is what happens when you don't tell no yeah, what's going on. surprising <laughs> me when I'm controlling the soundboard. Um, I came up with this new segment. 
Illuminati or Illuminati. So the idea behind this is I'm going to name a person for you. Okay. There will be a person of some sort of fame, uh, not necessarily in entertainment, although today's will be. Mm-hmm. Um, you will tell me if they are an Illuminati, meaning that they are a member of the Illuminati or an Illuminati, as in nope, no such luck. <laughs> and, and the great thing about this way you play. Uh-huh. Is the people that aren't in it you say by saying the actual name <laughs> right, of? Exactly. <laughs> when I came up with the idea uh-huh. and I wrote out Illuminati with an O yeah. and a T T Y, it made all the sense in the world. I get it. Yeah. And then while recording this several times over the past couple of days, realizing that <laughs> it just sounds like I'm saying Illuminati. Yeah. It wouldn't be had to be that or like Illuminati or Illuminati or something. <laughs> it just didn't work. I thought about yeah. that too. I was like, but then it's not the hot. It's a it's a Hot yeah, or not hot kind or of not. thing. We're, yeah. we're working on on uh, on the celebrity status. Okay. So uh, I am going to uh, throw out a name for you. Are, are you about to play something? Again? Nope. Okay. I, I will. I will. I will finger you. Okay. When it's time, guys. But edge I'm, of our seats. All right. So Jay Z. Jay Z is in the Illuminati. It's it, been very well publicized lately. All right. So you're saying he is. An Illumahati? He's a Illumahati. Well, well, let's find out. Okay. Let's find oh, out. Oh, <laughs> dude. I know. <laughs> I keep I forgetting. I have to cue you. You ready? Yes. All right. Let's find out. Illumahati. <laughs> All right. I'm just going to keep this volume on. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Jay-Z is an Illumahati. Yeah. And let me tell you a little about Jay-Z. The Illumahati. Jay-Z is without a doubt Illuminati, and many consider him the leader of the Illuminati in the world of hip-hop. The website IlluminatiRex.com points out that besides the references to Illuminati in many, if not all, of his songs, uh, the use of occult symbolism and Aleister Crowley references on his Rock-Aware line of clothing, and the obvious pyramid representation that is the Rockefeller hand gesture, Mm -hmm. his company is named for one of the leading Illuminati families in history, the Rockefellers. Okay. Um, Infowars has reported that Christian singer Jeannie Ortega, who before she was a Christian singer was part of the Rockefeller uh, world, uh, was told by a former producer at Rockefeller that Jay-Z hosted Eyes Wide Shut-style occult parties. And YouTube detective Pure Diamond has stated with great certainty that Jay-Z's daughter's name, Blue Ivy, is an acronym for Born Living Under Evil Illuminati's Very Youngest. So, without a doubt, and I did that as an easy one, just so everyone understood the game. Okay. But without a doubt. How, how long does this game go? <clears throat> That's it. It's oh, done. Yeah. It's done. Quickie. I win. Quickie. You won. You guys. You won. I'm the expert. <laughs> you are, can I turn this volume down now? You can turn the volume down. Okay. <laughs> so, there we go. That's the new one. Illuminati or Illumahati or Illumahati or Illuminati. But there you go. Yeah. That's it. That may be the last time you hear it. <laughs> Well, we'll see. We got we got maybe a couple kinks to work out. With uh-huh. it, but uh, 
you know what we will hear uh probably you know about this time is sure we get a topic it's death we give you so many ways to make so much money off of this topic but you might want to take a minute and we'll just throw in a little nugget of other ways to get rich so if you're you know waiting for your dead relatives to get dug up so they can be bathed in champagne if you've got a a spike in your heart waiting looking to see if the flag's waving if you've getting some sort of tobacco enema <laughs> if you're <laughs> trolling oldies uh you might want to give this a listen go make some money come back later when you have more time and listen to the rest of the episode make even more money give us 10 percent of all of it so take it away mr josh The Get Rich Quick Tip of the Week, brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn. How many times have you thought, how can I get rich without leaving the couch? Well, Kundalini Yoga may have the answer. Using the science of mudra, the yogis created the Hada meditation for prosperity. Staring at the tip of your nose through eyes 9 and 10, alternate slapping together the moon mounds and the Jupiter areas of your palms while chanting from your navel, Hada, 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 Hada. When Jupiter and the moon come together, there is no way in the world you will not create wealth. But be warned, Yogi Bhajan says, don't do it for more than 11 minutes a day. You'll become too rich and that's just greedy. All right. Yeah, I'm going to start with 15, and I advise everyone out there to do the same. <laughs> I mean, is there anything else to say about that? It's pretty straightforward. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, Eyes 9 and 10, my friend. Yeah, you know, uh, when I was looking for ideas, I stumbled across something which I at first thought was going to be a great lead into a scheme. But as I, as I looked into it more, it was not. But uh, still interesting. In India... Mm-hmm. There's this guy, and he is the head of the, I think it's called the Association of Dead People. And I was like, oh, this is some sort of scam. <clears throat> but what it, what it was actually is the opposite. He, uh, at some point when he was younger, went to a bank to get a loan. Mm-hmm. And they refused him the loan on the grounds that he's legally dead. So uh, it ends up that what happened is his uncle bribed the government to declare him dead so that he could steal some land inheritance from him. Wow. And it worked. The uncle got the land, uh, and apparently, as this guy looked into it, it's extremely common in this part of India for this to happen. And uh, so he started the society, Mm -hmm. and he went around trying to get arrested (laughs) because he figured if they arrest him, they have to acknowledge he's alive. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but then there was no real scam behind it he was just trying to protect uh-huh. other people from getting scams so. and did it work though uh what what did it work did his scheme to be uh, reborn as it were come to fruition i think eventually he got uh named alive again but his land was long gone by yeah then. yeah i understand that but i'm just curious if if like that scheme of his to get arrested multiple times <laughs> and, and he was trying to get his wife to uh collect benefits death benefits and they wouldn't give that either so they were like no we're not gonna give you benefits because this guy's dead and then they'd be like no we're not gonna not call you dead you know 
So for a long time, he was getting both poop ends of the poop stick. And that just refers right back to our weapons episode. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to go into my next one. Do it. So I had an idea. When I was looking, I was looking at, you know, the way that we deal with our dead. Yeah. In Western society especially. Mm-hmm. Is... Uh, is becoming a problem. Burying people in the ground is becoming a problem. Yeah, sure. Takes up land. Takes up a lot of land. Uh, it is uh, not the best for the land. We bury them in these boxes mm-hmm. that don't break down easily. Then the body doesn't break down well. It often, as it breaks down, it turns into sludge. Uh, and and it's putrid, and it doesn't help the land in any way because it's also just encased, in many cases, in metal. Yeah, a lot and of that's people... usually in cement, too, I think, right? Yep, yep. And, uh, 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 and we bury them too deep to be of any... Even if it all did break down, we bury them too deep. Six feet down doesn't do anything to help mm-hmm. the soil that we use. Not that it matters because yeah. we have entire swaths of land set aside strictly for the point of dumping bodies yeah, in we should them. just sprinkle them across the <laughs> <laughs> We might as well. So there's obviously been a movement, which I'm sure many people have heard about, of how to recycle our bodies. Okay. Right? There's one guy in particular that uh, has had a very successful Kickstarter campaign where your body would be buried in a pod um, that would get planted in the ground and a tree would grow out of that pod and uh, it would use your uh, uh, broken down body mm-hmm. to feed it That'd and be good. nurture it. I like that. Right? I can't remember what they're called, but that that's one thing. I said, well, that's an interesting idea. That's one way to do it. And then I thought, what about cremation, right? That yeah. seems to be it takes up much less space. Cremation pollutes the hell out of the environment. Okay. Tons of uh, gas is released, tons of uh, uh, gas is used, um, and the cremation isn't what actually breaks down the bones. After you're burnt to a shred, there's, uh, I think it's called a cremulator, mm-hmm. is actually what's used to smash the bones into powder and little chunks, and then they take that and they you know, put it in paintings and glass and things of that nature. I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. And then I was thinking to myself, what about freeze drying? Mm-hmm. Sure. And Good sh- enough for pets. It's yeah. Sure enough, there's a company in Sweden called uh, called Promessa, where they created a system that's called Promession, uh, where they take the body. They uh, freeze it with liquid nitrogen to negative 195 degrees Fahrenheit. Then, so the entire body inside and out is crystallized. Then they vibrate it till the body shatters into small pieces. Then it's put in a freeze dryer where all of the moisture is removed. Then it's put in in another container which separates the heavy metals because whether you have fillings, uh, all of the things that might be bad for the earth, and you're left with a powder that is you, that was you, uh-huh. and it's a very fine powder. 
They then, what they do is, they then uh, take that powder and they put it in a briefcase size uh, biodegradable container, and then they bury it about eight inches underground, uh, and a tree can grow out of that. Okay. Okay? And I thought to myself, well, okay, that's fine. But we have all these, all these different things are working on. How do we turn the body into compost, right? And I thought to myself, what's something that we're running out of in this world? And that something is clearly food. Okay. Right? All right. And I thought to myself, well, I don't expect humans to eat other humans. We've seen that Soylent Green, right? Yeah. And then I remembered that I go to the pet store every month to pick up food for my dog. And the one thing that I am seeing all over the place, all over the place in all the high-end pet stores, freeze-dried dog food. Okay. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's huge. And cat food. Freeze-drying, it's... It's just all the health benefits of real food, and you just add water, and five minutes later, it's num-num to the tum-tum. Yeah. It's, like, great for them, supposedly. Uh, Completely what, balanced. Wouldn't real food actually just work, too, then? Well, but you, what happens is is that, it, I mean, it is real food, but because it's freeze-dried, it's half its size, so they can pack a ton of it <clears throat> into bags, and it keeps longer. Yeah. Right? So, you don't, you can, it's shelf-stable until you open it, until you hydrate it, so... I thought, why not use all of this human for what it was originally intended for when a person would die back in the day? Feed them to the dogs. Animals would eat them. Yep. This is what they do. This is what the Tibetans do. It's called an air funeral. They lay them out there, and the birds come in num, 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 num. The bugs come in num, 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 num. The body just decomposes and gets eaten away. Wow. So why don't we just help that process along and feed it to our favorite pets? We've done little bits where people get their ashes and paintings to be remembered by in glass that you can have. I even found a site where you can, they will take your ashes, break it down to uh, carbon, and then uh, compress it for uh, uh, about three months, and you can have a diamond made out of your ashes. Mm -hmm. And it's usually a blue diamond because of the certain impurities that are still in the the carbon that comes from your body. You can have diamond. Why not, if you love your dog, why not feed them? Why not be a part of that animal? Yeah. Or your cat or your pet. So I thought that was the the thing. Initially, I was thinking that, well, why don't we use it as cattle feed? Or, I mean, they certainly grind up all sorts of animals and feed them to uh, cattle, to pigs, to uh, uh, chickens, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But I then found there was apparently <laughs> a uh, situation where <laughs> uh, some some cattle. Yeah. In uh, Britain. Ha- in in America. <laughs> oh, okay. In America, had been fed human remains by accident. Oh, oh, I, I haven't heard about this. There was a. Uh, there was a uh, 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 a feed uh, factory. Yep. Uh, and in any of these massive factories, there's always at some point or another someone gets injured. Well, a woman fell into a pit that was processing cattle feed, and uh, she got mangled up and killed. Uh, they stopped everything. Brought in the EMS, they pulled her out, they got rid of all the food, but apparently they never cleaned 
the bins. Oh, okay. And so they continued processing, and within all of the processing, for two or three days before the FDA got involved, involved uh, there was human remains in sure. all this cattle feed that went out and fed several thousand head of cattle. Yeah, and those cows developed <clears throat> bloodlust, right, and and started attacking humans <laughs> well, on sight. What ended up happening was the FDA confiscated all of the cows, killed them, uh, and disposed of their bodies and shut the factory down for a full cleaning and fined them, et cetera, et cetera. So apparently humans cannot eat things that have been eat that have eaten other humans. That apparently is illegal. <laughs> so I figured just feed your pets. Sure. So there you go. Yeah. That's it. So freeze dried human pet food. Yeah. You know, um in when I lived in Chicago, I used to do stuff at a theater there, uh Improv Olympic. Mm-hmm. And uh I don't know, do you know who Del Close is? I know of Del Close. Okay, so yes. Del Close for anyone who doesn't know is basically the the father of long form improv and Along with the woman Sharna Halpern, they have the Improv Olympic Theater in Chicago. And when he died, uh, they he always had wanted his skull to be donated to the Goodman Theater to play York in any production of Hamlet. And then they took the rest of his body and cremated it. <clears throat> and they used to have a show, or they still do actually, every Monday, where it was called the Armando Diaz uh, Experience. And basically one person would get up and get a suggestion and tell true stories from their life. And then there would be interspersed, like that had happened a couple times. And then there would be scenes loosely based off of things that they mentioned or inspired by, right? Uh, so after Dell died, uh, there was a woman there who was very much a hippie and very, uh, very close, I guess, with Dell. And so she said she wanted to be Armando, and she wanted to ingest some of his ashes. And they were like, "All right, yeah, let's do this." <laughs> so uh, when it was Armando, when it was her turn to do the Armando, like throughout the show several times, she uh, ate a spoonful of his ashes, and could you could hear them crunching. Oh God! She snorted lines. Of his ashes? I've heard of that. Uh, and I, I think there was also maybe something else involved because she uh, attacked a member of the cast uh, <laughs> <laughs> because he was like, you know, sullying her sacred stage oh, or something God. like that. And uh-huh. actually the guy that she attacked was, uh, uh, do you know uh, Ali Farinakian at the nope. pit? Nope. Well, there's a in New York, there's the pit theater, People's Improv Theater. Uh, and the guy who now runs that, that that's who was that. And actually, Armando, who the, who the show's named after, uh-huh. has the Magnet Theater in New York. Okay. Yeah, so it's a tight community, guys. It is a small, small world. Yeah, you know, uh, when you said where you were going with this, I had great fears because I thought of going in ways like this, and then I just realized <laughs> everything I'm going to come up with is just going to smack of, like, <laughs> lampshades and soap of the Nazis. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> How do you reuse the dead body the best? <laughs> I, I think it's a reasonable question, though. Yeah, it is. It is. And uh, you did it very tastefully. Thank More you. tastefully <laughs> than, you than I would have, obviously, <laughs> because I could think of nothing. What I could think, though, is how do I make money off of the death of other people? Oh, good right? point. People are dying every day. Yeah. I want a piece. Yep. Uh, so I started looking into it. Uh, and there are something. Do you know what a Deadpool is? No. 
Okay, so a Deadpool is uh, you can bet on uh, celebrity deaths, basically. Uh, so I looked into that, and there are a number of these out there. Uh, one's called Doug Stanhope's Celebrity Death Pool, and another one's called Stiffs.com. Uh, basically what they are is they're pretty much a fantasy sports league almost, mm-hmm. right? And so y- you pick a bunch of people, and then over the next year, the pe- person who gets the most points, and there might be different points for like healthier people or younger people and less points for older people. Mm-hmm. But uh, whoever gets the most points at the end of the year gets money. Yeah, you know, I don't like I don't like sports. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a lot of money. Uh, so it wasn't for me, even though uh, there, the, this is the case. All Deadpool's have a strict anti-murder policy. It was clearly laid <laughs> out. Uh, but so uh, that's, that's great. That's a step in the right direction. But I want more. So if you want to bet directly on a person dying uh, in Thailand, you can bet on cancer patients living or dying. Oh, my God. And uh, bookies visit hospitals and get the vital stats on patients, and in turn, they help out the family a little bit with the funeral costs. If you want to bet on these, uh, it costs you about a roughly $60 membership fee, and if the patient you bet on lives over a month, you start getting paid out. And it goes up to, (laughs) if they last more than three months, you triple your money. Uh Uh, Some of these pools have gotten over... $1.5 $1.5 million. Wow. Yeah. But still, I want more, right? So how are we going <laughs> to uh-huh. get more? Uh, I looked into life insurance, because what is life insurance really but you're gambling on, you're short-selling yep. a, a person's life, right? Uh, but it turns out you can't really buy insurance on a random person without their cooperation. That was my first idea, right? Just I'm just going to see this guy. Right. I'm going to buy insurance on him, and when he kicks it, because I know he's just a... He's not living well. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, you get a little piece. Um, <clears throat> so you can't do that. But what you can do uh-huh. is you can invest in life settlements markets. And right. uh, it used to be called a viatical market. It is SEC regulated, Securities Exchange Commission. And uh, from... A two billion market in two thousand two, it grew into by twenty fourteen a thirty five billion market annually. Mm-hmm. And uh, Betty White has done commercials for it, uh-huh. in which she uh, tries to at- attract policyholders, people out there who have life insurance policies on themselves. And what it basically is is, if for some reason you want to cash out your life insurance policy. You need the money. You decide, I hate my kids. I'm going to take this money for myself. What, whatever reason it could be, you can go to the to the insurance company and get a piece of your life insurance. Uh, they'll pay you, right? Uh, so these markets will offer you a little bit more than what the insurance company would give you, right? So say you're going to cash out and the insurance company says, fine, I'll give you $100,000 of your policy, of your million-dollar policy. The, the, uh, the, these investment groups will say, whoa, 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 whoa. We'll give you $200,000. And then uh, 
they 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 take that policy, they have a pool of people that invest in that policy. So I may buy a quarter of the policy, you might buy a fifth of the policy. Altogether we've got a hundred percent. Altogether we are responsible for continuing and, and that money we pay up front, right? Uh, and then up front we have to continue paying the premiums. If if that stops, mm-hmm. the policy disappears, we've paid all this money for nothing. But if we do it, when that person dies, that million dollars gets paid out. I get 25% of that. I get $250,000. Mm-hmm. You get whatever you got, you know. Uh, so there's quite a bit of money in it. Um, but... How do you get better odds, you know? Because there's a lot of people live longer than you might think. Uh huh. So how do you really narrow down where the good buys are, where to stay away from? Uh, so I, I took to the news, right? Uh huh. And I started reading about disasters <laughs> and potential disasters. Uh-huh. For instance, you know, the Antarctic Larsen B ice shelf, as big as Mexico, recently has been discovered to have dramatic increases in the predicted rate of melting. And its effect on sea levels going to kill a lot of people, but it's going to be a long time. That's no good for this. Uh, I started reading about asteroids hitting the world, about society falling. But the thing is, your disaster needs to be big enough to take some people out. <laughs> but it, it can't be so big that the society falls and okay. there's no one to pay you out. Uh, oh, good you know? point. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so I, I started to... Think smaller. And I'm sure you have read this news, and I'm every, every investor out there should know this. Uh, recently, they've said that parts of Texas and Oklahoma, pretty much the border between them, uh, now, because of fracking, have the same or greater risk of earthquakes as, as uh, the fault lines in California. Mm. So all these people that are paranoid about California is going to fall off into the ocean, well... So is Oklahoma and, and, uh, and Texas. <laughs> they're going to fall into the ocean, but this is going to be a donut hole yeah, right there. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so I thought, great, you know, that's that, but now we're getting somewhere. Also, reading about catastrophes, heat waves kill more U.S. residents than any other natural disaster. Old people are bad in heat waves. Exactly. Man. Exactly. So now we're getting somewhere, right? Okay. So what? I I stop my research there. I hand this over to you, the listener. What you need to find is a retirement community somewhere along the Texas-Oklahoma border that has a weak electrical grid. So they can't run air conditioners. Well, so that there's power outages in heat waves. I gotcha. Okay. Right. I gotcha. And with the risk of earthquakes, that'll take down power lines. Uh Uh-huh. You know? So it's just a matter of time. Uh, So buy in bulk. (laughs) You could even create that retirement community as well. You could. I mean, oh, that's man. a possibility as well. <laughs> that's a little you, conflict. Part of the deal but... is, is you move them into the retire. You you give them the money and you yep. move them into the retirement community. It's a package deal. Oh man. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. You know, one thing just just tapping into what you were saying earlier about well, you know, you can't buy insurance on a random person. Uh-huh. What you can do is you can employ that person. And then take out an insurance policy on them. Yeah, that's if you do have a financial loss. Like I could, yeah. I could take one out. You probably. Yeah, 
Exactly, because we're making money <laughs> hand we're over making fist. Big money. That's right, and uh, people do that. Yeah, all the time, and they get payouts. Yeah, when people die, businesses will get paid. Yeah, they'll take a life insurance policy out. That's right. Uh, so great. We've given you ways to make so much freaking money. It's it's falling all over you. You're in risk of dying yourself because you might drown in it. You got to get rid of that, some of that money. <laughs> uh, so if, if you've got that money, use this to figure out what to spend it on. If you haven't gotten that money because you're so lazy, you're sitting on the couch waiting to die, uh, use this as inspiration. Get up off the couch, make some money, spend it. Uh, so brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn. Take it away, Mr. Josh. Singer Celine Dion has had a pretty sweet Las Vegas deal, performing to the tune of millions of dollars for a few years now. Back in 2010, the singer carved into her multi-million dollar deal by building a $12.5 million water park in her own backyard for her children whenever she was away making even more money. So there you go. Why do you need to uh, bring dead people to someone else's fun factory? When you have your own $12.5 million uh, water park in your own backyard. That's right. Right next to her husband's grave, That's I right. would imagine. So she can dig them up, pour champagne on them, and then take them down the yeah. slide with the kids. Why rent when you can own? That's uh, right. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know who can't own much? Who? Is our, our uh, mothership, Radio yeah. Free Brooklyn, because they are listener-supported, advertiser-free, if you do want to support Radio Free Brooklyn, you can go to Patreon and look up their page, and you can donate to them. You can give a one-time donation, a reoccurring donation. You can donate $1 a month for 12 months, 12 bucks. you know, great. None of that money comes to Josh or I. Nope. It just goes to Radio Free Brooklyn. Keep the servers humming, the cats fed, and uh, but if you do want to contact us to give us the big money, the 10% of the millions that you're going to make... You can find us on Twitter at GRQ Josh Noel. Uh, you can email us, email us at GRQ with Josh and Noel at gmail.com. Or you can get us on Facebook at Facebook slash GRQ Josh Noel. You can go on iTunes. You can subscribe, yep. rate, rate, review, review, tell your friends. If you want, you can put up a billboard. Do that. <laughs> yeah. Or just reach out to us, say hi. We'll even let you take that out of the 10% you owe us if you put a billboard up for us. Yeah. Because we would advertise ourselves with some of that money. Yeah, sure. All right. Um, and as we're at the end of the show, Noel, you know what we have to do, don't yeah, you? Yeah, we do. So our schemes, they're fantastic. We're sure of it. But how can you be sure of it? Well, I'll tell you how. Josh spends his days scouring the internet for rules of getting rich quick, which... Uh, we will judge our schemes by in order to ensure profitability. So who do we have this week, Josh? <laughs> profitability. Yes, right. Um, today from Teens Get Rich, The Secrets to Teenage R Wealth, we have Teen Rules of Riches. All right, for you youngins out there. Uh, uh, rule number one of Teen Riches, never do something for money you wouldn't be happy telling your mom about. Sure. Well, if you're dating your mom's best friend... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. She's going to find out, so you shouldn't be embarrassed about it. Yeah. Uh, rule number two, to become rich, learn never to say, I don't have time, or I don't have money, or I don't know how. Well, you certainly know how, because we've told you how. That's right. 
you got a lot of time. If you can spend an hour listening to us, then you've got time to make these things that's happen. And they're going to happen so quickly, time isn't really going to be an issue. That's right. And you know how. Use a stethoscope. Don't blow smoke up someone's butt with an enema. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and finally, uh, what is finally? Okay, yeah. Finally, having multiple income streams is the key to becoming rich. Well, as we do on every show, we give you multiple income streams. Yeah, this was at least four. Yeah. And you so. could break all those out into more. <laughs> as <laughs> always, uh, four for four. I think we are, uh, as always, on the money with this. We are right on the money. We are dead on the money, as they say. That's right. <laughs> uh, so once again, for Josh. And Noel. And Herschel underscore the underscore Doxador on Instagram. Uh, don't spend all that knowledge one place.